0: This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Listening to me. He says in verse 11, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? Says the Lord, listen, I have had enough of burnt offerings of ram and of fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or lambs or goats. Bring me no more futile, worthless, empty-hearted sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and the Sabbath, all the sacred celebrations and the holy days, and the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure uh, iniquity in the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you have met, you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Whoa, that was a strong scripture, Pastor. Where are you going with that? We've got to understand that the tradition of men makes the word of God of no effect. The tradition of men makes the word of God of no effect. It didn't say the word wasn't effective. It says all of your same, just doing things uh, rudimentary, out of habit, ritualistically, because you've seen other people do it, because you know to do it, but your heart is not hinged on that. He said, I'm tired of it. He said, y'all keep all of that. We have to get to the place where our hearts are hinged with everything that we say and everything that we do. When I came into worship today at 10.30 when church starts, I think it was two people in here. Two people. Two people. I remember when we changed the service from 10 to 10.30, nobody even noticed it. Because traditionally people show up, yeah, yeah, this, I still got time. They're still in worship. They're still, we cannot have a mindset of just showing up just to be showing up. We've got to have a mindset that when I show up, my life is going to be changed. Oftentimes you hear people, I'm going to get into my lesson. I'm just laying a little foundation down. Oftentimes you hear people when they get in trouble, Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I promise I'll go to church every week. I'll be in church every Sunday. Did you know that we're not doing God a favor when we come to church? It doesn't change him. He's immutable the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we come to church, it ought to be changing us. But it will not change us if we do not eat it, if we don't conceive it, if we don't believe it, if we don't receive it. Come on, we've got to believe we receive we've got to partake it. We've got to eat it as if our very lives depend on it. You know why? Because our very lives depend on it. Come on, I was reading in the word of God, and I'm going to get in my lesson. I've got a little bit of time. As a matter of fact, they didn't give me no time on the clock so I can have all day long. I'll have a timer in front of me, so I'll just take my time. Take your time, Pastor. Amen. I was reading in the word of God, and in the word of God, we saw where the enemy was coming in and out from the field to the garden, in and out from the field to the garden. And the word says that he deceived Eve, but Adam was with her. So it never said that he deceived Adam. He only deceived Eve. Now here's where I'm going with that. Some things the devil deceived us. He tripped us up. We we messed up. We weren't paying attention. We weren't doing right. And it was other things that we walked head first right on in it. We knew it was wrong. And with the boldness of, of all get out, we walked in it. But what I love about God, good God Almighty, this feels good to me. What I love about God, he didn't differentiate between the two. He still sent his son Jesus to die for both of them. He still immediately implemented a plan of restoration and reconciliation, even for the one that was deceived and the one that walked head first right in and then knew exactly what he was doing. Are you listening to me? I love God because God does not hold our past against us. Let me tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when Jesus laid his life down and picked his life back up, that was for all of our past sin. Anybody had any past sin? And look, turn around and stare at the ones that don't have their hand raised up. Go, just look, just stare at them. Our past sin, listen, our present sin, and our future sin. The debt has already been paid. I said the debt of sin, the penalty of sin has already been paid. Therefore, you don't owe sin nothing come on you're free for whom the sun set free is free indeed now here's what the enemy wants to do the enemy wants to defame your mind he wants to have your mind stuck on the stuff that you've been through anybody ever been through hellish experiences has anybody besides me been through some stuff that'll make other people's head turn Has anybody ever went through stuff that nobody would have? No idea you survived that unless you tell them. So the devil wants us to be stuck back there with post-traumatic stress syndrome. He wants us to be so shell-shocked for things that we came through that we're paralyzed and we won't move forward. But what's the deal? The deal is, we came through. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't fear no evil? For thou art with me. You came through it. Listen to me right here. You have survived hundred percent of the worst days of your life, your most dumbest days, the days that people did you wrong, the days that people abused you, misused you, traumatized you. But here's the thing, God gave you the Holy Spirit and he gave you restoration to restore your mind. So your mind does not have to be stuck back there because the only person that trips over stuff that's behind them is somebody that's walking backwards. Come on, the, the youth this week, they had a project where the, I think the week before, the youth took a survey of the things that they, you know, all different kinds of things. Then the youth leaders took the same survey this week. What would you tell yourself? You're 30 years old now. What would you tell your 15-year-old self now? Knowing everything that you know now. Man, would we be rich? I'd be rich in a mug. I'd be so rich. You I'm telling you, if I knew everything that I knew now back then, I would be something else. But God gave me everything that I know now, not for back then, but for where I'm going God is taking you someplace. Come on, up in here. You've got to get the revelation that you're anointed by God. Even though we had some dumb days, we had some traumatizing stuff in our past, the anointing of God on your life has not changed. You have a successful future ahead of you. I said in, um, when we were doing the offering that God gives you power to get wealth. This is what we hear, God giving me wealth. No, he gave you an empowerment. Now you have the empowerment. What you going to do with it? You've got to move from this place to the next place. Your past you would have told your new you something, but your now you should tell your next you something. Come on, what does your now you learn from your last you that will help your next you? Come on, come on, come on. Oftentimes we spend so much time trying to get into faith and the ABCs of faith, okay, ask, believe. And we spend so much time trying to be in faith, whereas the Bible never says try to be in faith. He said walk by faith and not by sight. You've got something on the inside of you. This I was telling the congregation last week, I studied on the lions because we're the lions. And, and I really want you to understand, we're talking about going to see the Lion King. Barry is doing some, some um, legwork for us. So we, I would love for the whole church to go see the play, The Lion King. Great, great, great movie. I want to preach it every week. It's such a great movie. I need you to understand that there's a Lion King on the inside of you. So I studied about the lions. When the lions are taken into captivity, something happens to them. They don't grow as large. They are not as strong. They don't, they think differently. They navigate differently in captivity than they did in the wild. And in captivity, the breeders breed them too much. So now they just keep breeding, breeding, breeding them. And every time that they breed them, they're less, they're less, they're less. Have you, anybody remember when they used to do the um, um, copy machines back in the day? Who was the copy machine babies? And we used to take that paper and smell it. Y'all remember that? Y'all never did that? Every time you copy off of a paper that's not the original, it becomes less and less and less so you almost can't read it anymore. So we're trying to make facsimiles off of something that's not the original. Am I making faith to anybody? So the more that we breed, and, and have you ever noticed the more that people, any you see it in the Bible, when the children of Israel, the more that they were oppressed, the more they begin to reproduce. So what were they reproducing? They were reproducing other captives. They were re- reproducing other slaves. Come on, the Bible says that, You were taken in in captivity. I believe it's Isaiah chapter 4, somewhere around in verse 2 or something like that. You were taken into captivity because of lack of knowledge. You become a slave when you don't get knowledge, when you don't learn anything, when you keep waiting for somebody to tell you something and for somebody to show you something. You become a slave. And then you reproduce other slaves that don't ever want to do nothing. Am I making faith to anybody. It's something about a slave or a captive mindset that doesn't allow you to be as strong as you're supposed to be, as fast as you're supposed to be, as sharp as you're supposed to be. So here's my take. We spend so much time trying to figure this whole faith thing. I'm just trying to figure faith. If I could just figure faith out, then I would go to the next level. If I could just figure faith out, you're trying to figure out the wrong thing. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith does not require any sense realm evidence. So we're looking for uh, uh, we're looking for the ABCs of faith. We're looking for an outline of faith, whereas we should be looking for where are you? Remember, as soon as Adam fell, he went and he hid himself from God, and God showed up in the cool of the day. He said, "Adam, where are you?" He never said, Adam, where are you? I was put in the writing to help it be more readable. It's the italicized words were written to help us to read it easily, but sometimes the italicized words mess things up because God didn't say, Adam, where are you? Because he knew where Adam was. He said, Adam, where you? Adam, do you know where you are? You were created in God's image, and in God's likeness, when Eve was deceived and you willfully walked in it, now you have lost who you are. Amen. So instead of keep trying to figure out faith, trying to figure out faith, figure out where are you? That's good. Yeah. What has happened to you? You have fallen from grace. God didn't go nowhere. You did. Let's read it. Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to get into today's lesson. Y'all really not saying amen. And I, I know I'm passionate because I've heard from God. In Genesis chapter 1, we saw where God created all everything. Everything that God said, he saw. And then he said it was good. The same thing with the man. He said that um, in verse 26 of chapter 1, and then God said, let us make man... In our image, 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 image. In his image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, that word blessed right there means empowered. He empowered them, and God said to them, be fruitful. You be fruitful. You multiply. You fill the earth, and you subdue it. Now let's go over to chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the where did the beast come from? The The field. I don't believe that he showed up one time and deceived the woman. I believe the deception was an ongoing deception. She was entertaining him, and he was befriending her in order to deceive her. He says in uh, 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 verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Now when he said, did God really say that? That leads me to believe they had had that conversation before. Did, Did God really say that? He had the conversation, they had had that conversation before, so that's why I believe that he was coming in and out of the garden. I need you to get a revelation that the enemy tries to subtly come in and out of your garden. Who are you allowing in and out? In and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, deceiving you. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat. Not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. You ain't girl, you ain't gonna die. This ain't gonna kill you. It ain't going don't you have needs? Don't you want something more than this? For God knows. Now He's going to tell her what her daddy knows. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Here's the thing. We read she was already like God. She was already like God. She was already like God. They were already like God. They were already created like God. The Bible said in God's image, according to God's. Likeness, so not only were they created to look like God, but they were created to act like God, too. Come on, when you go to Burger, or you go to Burger King. You don't go in there asking for a Whopper. They don't have them there. A Big Mac. They don't have them there. They only have Whoppers and Whopper Juniors. Are you listening to me? If God is the Whopper, then you are the Whopper Junior. You should not be a Big Mac. You should not be a Jack in the Box burger. You shouldn't be a Wendy's double cheeseburger with with, uh, bacon on the top. You are a Whopper Junior, created the exact same way that God is created. Here's my lesson topic today. We're still talking about being impervious. I need you to get a revelation here. Your limitation, or your only limitation, is your imagination. Your only limitation is your imagination. Your only limitation is your imagination. The dictionary defines imagination as the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. Okay, Imagination is the capacity to visualize, to be confident in or hopeful in a reality that contradicts our experiences. It then refuses to let our senses determine the limits of what is possible. That's a quote by Brandon O'Brien. Let me read it, let me read it slowly so you can catch it. Imagination is the capacity to visualize, to be confident or hopeful of a reality that actually contradicts our experiences. We got all of these experiences back here. People did us wrong. People abused us, misused us, molested us, raped all kind of crap, stole, robbed, beat us, all that. That's our experience. But I have to have a hope that will contradict everything that I came through. God, I see it. I've got to have a confident trust in God that my future is better than my former. Come on. That my latter will be greater. That I've learned some mistakes. I've learned what to do and what not to do and who not to fool with. I've learned who to loan money to, who not to loan money to. I've learned on who to go out with and who not to go out with. I've learned some stuff. It changes my mindset for my future. There's no reason that we should be shell-shocked. You ever see people in post, post-traumatic stress disorder? It's hard for them to function. It's hard for them to move forward because they were traumatized in their past. Come on, get a revelation that the devil, that was the devil that traumatized you. Come on, the devil wanted to defame your mind so that you wouldn't press forward, that you wouldn't press toward the mark of the high calling of Christ. The devil wants you to be so traumatized that you're like a deer in headlights, afraid to move. Listen, some people want love but afraid to love. How oxymoronic is that? You won't love, but you can. I can't trust nobody. I can't trust nobody. I'm just going to build a wall around myself. Listen, four walls on the top on it, that's a coffin. You put yourself in a coffin. Listen to me, kick down the walls and trust God for a future that contradicts your past. God, I'm preaching good and y'all not even saying amen. Brandon O'Brien said it this way, imagination is the capacity to visualize. You got to be able to see before you see. You got to have the ability to see before you see. Remember we're created in God's image and God's likeness? When God stepped out into darkness, all he saw like everybody else was dark. But he said, let there be light and there was light he's not gonna be traumatized by what he see in front of him he's got some confident hope that when I say it it's going to change Amen. let there be light and there was light and God saw the light and it was good come on the enemy wants you to be shell-shocked about a hellish past Listen, remember we talked about Adam and Eve? Some stuff, uh, Eve was deceived, Adam wasn't. But he didn't punish them differently. They both got a plan of restoration. What kind of, what, what you mean restoration? Restore it back to your original image. I gotta go back to the original. I keep trying to find myself in all of these facsimiles, all of these copies, I'm not in none of these copies. I gotta go back to the original, get a revelation. Come on, we've got to stop looking at other people, imitating them, and go back to the original. That's who I imitate, I imitate the original. Come on, you've got to get a revelation of this. I'm going to go to Psalm 63 if I have time, but you really need to get a revelation. What has happened when we come through hellish experiences, we stop dreaming. And the devil defames your mind when you do start dreaming big. And he'll always send somebody to co-sign with his lies. You start doing well and thinking well of yourself, he's going to send some. who you think you are. Who you think you are? Where you going? What you got on? Have you ever had somebody? You're trying to move forward. And the very closest person to you come. Who you think you are? You brand new now. You don't know nobody. You changed. Well, yeah. I can't stay in a cocoon forever. I can't stay a belly crawler forever. I've got to change, I'm supposed to change because my destiny is to be a butterfly, not a belly crawler. So yeah, I did change and you ought to been changing with me instead of condemning me for changing. Y'all ain't saying amen. Y'all better get a revelation of this. Your only limitation is your imagination, your ability to visualize. And then sometimes we're, we're penalized for, for uh, uh, dreaming. All you do is daydream. You're such a dreamer. You're such a dreamer. I'm supposed to dream. I'm supposed to, vi- I'm supposed to visit my future on the canvas of my imagination very often. I'm supposed to go there as often as I need to go there to keep myself encouraged. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. How do you encourage yourself? You keep going and visiting. Come on, you keep going and visiting where you're supposed to live until you move in there. Come on, has anybody had maybe a house that you were looking to buy or whatever? You keep driving past the house. When I'm believing God for a new house, guess what I do? I drive all around the area, and I pull up in the driveway as, I'm, as if I'm moving in there. Amen. What am I doing? I'm visiting my future on a canvas of my imagination. And I'm going to keep going every day on the canvas of my imagination, act like I'm pushing the, the button to go in my garage every day until one day I'm going to push the button the garage door is going to open. I'm... Your only limitation is your imagination. Here's the root words I looked up of imagination. The root word of imagination, sculpt, carve, paint, decorate, embellish, to form a mental picture, to picture oneself, to imagine. Listen, the root word of imagine is image y'all better get a revelation. The root word of imagination is image. You change your image. You stop waiting for somebody else to change your image. You change your image. God created you in his image. When you begin to walk like you am in the image of God, the devil always gonna send somebody to say something negative. Who you think you are? Amen. You ever seen somebody dressed up? You don't just look at them, where, where are you going? Make them feel bold. Uh, number one, I ain't got to tell you where I'm going. I'm just gonna be there. Amen. And apparently you're not invited, or you will be dressed too. <laughs> Come on, image, image, image. What image are you in? You've got to stop seeing yourself in a poor, broke-down image. Amen. When you constantly see yourself in a poor, broke-down image, you're going to walk around. Want somebody to feel sorry for you. Want somebody to give you a handout. Listen, you should be the one giving the hands out and the hands up. yes, yes, yes. Come on, you've got to see yourself in a different image. Let me tell you how a dog is. I'm not comparing you to a dog. I'm just telling you how a dog is. A dog won't even poop in his own environment. If you have a kennel for your dog, guess what? The only way that your dog will poop in his kennel or his little area, his little room, is if you leave him in there too long, he can't get out or he's sick. But he will leave straight out of his image, and you don't take him outside, guess what? He's going to come in your environment and poop in your environment. And he's going to go right back to his clean environment. Because in a dog's mind, he doesn't live with poop. He doesn't sleep with poop. He doesn't sleep with trash. He'll go in the kitchen and tear all the trash up, but he ain't having no trash in his environment. Come on, he has his image on point. He doesn't live with poop. Amen. He doesn't sleep in trash. Why should a child of God? Amen. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Why should a child of God live in squalor? Mm-hmm. Why should a child of God live with dishes stacked up to the sky? Amen. Amen. Why should a child of God be walking on top of dirty clothes? Why should a child of God have to go through dirty clothes to find something clean to wear? Your image is off. Come on, you've got to change your image. Now you're waiting for Have you ever seen the uh, the hoarder show? They wear me out. They be standing over there in the corner watching other people clean up. I'll be like, no, no, get over here. Get your hands right in here. I wouldn't be over there doing it. They're going to get right in here and clean it up, too. And the people be so, sometimes they have to go outside and throw up, and they have all kind of clothes and all kind of goggles and stuff on, cleaning up somebody else's squalor, and they be telling them, I want to keep that, I want to keep that, I want to keep. They be like, it's rat feces on this. It's still good. I'm going to brush it off. Image. It's the image. How can somebody live like that? Come on, it's a it becomes a mental problem because you're not created to think like that. Amen, amen. Come on, have you ever seen the people that my six hundred pound life? Their bodies have morphed into blobs. They're like a blob. I mean, they they have all kind of they have saw themselves differently. Come on, it's it's temporary insanity when you don't see yourself the way that God sees you. Wow. Am I making faith to anybody? I didn't get to Psalm 63, and we'll pick up on it on Thursday, but you gotta understand that in the middle of everything that David was going through in the wilderness, in the wilderness of Judah, do we have the picture of the wilderness of Judah? It was no no, no place. It was a whole different song that David sang in Psalm number 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. That was a whole different song that he wrote at that situation. But now he's over here in the wilderness of Judah. His lips are bubbled up. His skin is burnt. There's no food. There's no water. There's no place of refreshing. He says, my soul thirsts after you. I'm not going to worry about what's around me. I'm worrying about who's on the inside of me. Come on, if you keep reading, I've got to close because I'm over time. I've got to close. If you keep reading at the latter verses of Psalm number 63, he says, and the king. Well, yeah. what king is he talking about? He's talking about himself. In the most devastating time of his life, he still saw himself on the canvas of his imagination as a king. Though, though they're come upon me to eat up my flesh, they utterly stumbled and fell because the king. We'll give God glory, honor, praise, and worship. Well, how are you a king? You in the wilderness. No food, no water, no place to lay down because I don't have to live in my present. I live in my future. I call those things that are not as though they were until they become. I keep pulling in the driveway, acting like I'm going to open a garage door until one day I reach up there and I really open a garage door and walk on in. Your imagination is your limitation. You're the king of the jungle, Simba. His imagination got off. He was eating grubs and scrubs and insects. He was a lion. He was supposed to be eating impalas and wildebeests, But then he had to go back and look at the image of his father. When he saw the image of his father, that's when he realized who he was. He was emulating the image of his friends. But his friends were not lions. He was a lion. Are you listening to me? You've got to get your imagination on point. Bringing every thought captive and making your thoughts Obey, visit the canvas of your imagination often. Don't worry about people saying, all you do is dream. Don't worry about them because they think it's a delusion of grandeur, but you just know it's a dream of greatness. Come on, God put something in on the inside of you. I'm telling you, what's in you is innate. It just needs to be intact now. That lion that's on the inside of you, that's a real lion. you got to activate it, by keep looking at the canvas of your imagination. How do we do that? Now faith, now, now, now faith is the substance of things oh. hoped for. That's imagined. What's the root word of imagine? Yeah. Image. image. Go back to the original image. Go back to the original image. Stop looking at the fac- facsimile. Look at the original image. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for uh, or imagined. Now I have confident expectation that my life is for real, for real going to change. I've got to close right here, but I need to say this before I close. Start expecting God to move again. Amen. Come on, when you expect him to show up, he shows up. One of the worst things ever is when I stop expecting you to do anything. When I stop expecting you to do anything, I have no more confidence in you. So if you do it, I'm like, oh, well, hey, you here? Good to see you. But if I don't expect nothing of you, i have no more confidence in you. Come on, if we don't expect nothing from God, we don't have no confidence in him. I've got to keep expecting him to show up. I've got to keep expecting him to make a way out of no way. I've got to keep expecting him to show me which way to go. I've got to keep expecting him. When you expect him, he will meet your need and in abundance. Beside, I told you my little grandson, I show up, I go over to their house. The first thing he say, what you brought me, grand love? Oh, Jesus, I've got to start buying something. You know why I'm not going to disappoint his expectation? He expects his grandlove to bless him every time she sees him. So, guess what? His grandlove is going to bless him every time she sees him. If I got to pull a 20 out, if I got to write a check, if I got to try to get a credit card swiper, I'm not going to disappoint him because he expects me to bless. Get back to expecting God to bless. Listen, expect God like you expect your income tax check. You were already making plans for that check. Expect God and start already making plans. Start driving up to the house that you want to live in and act like you're going in that garage until one day you'll live right in the middle of everything that you have believed God for. Your only limitation is your imagination. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.